So it's an underpass. <laughs> yeah, it's an underpass. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Is, that, yeah. <laughs> is it when is it an overpass? When you're and going was over. it an underpass? When you're going over. When you're, is there, when is you're going under it, it is an a, underpass. It's an overpass when your couch is under it with your TV. Yeah. There, is there really any such thing as an underpass? <laughs> yes. When you go under it, it's an underpass. It's an underpass. When you're going hurts. over, it's an overpass. Mm-hmm. I just made all this up. I have no actual. Well, it real makes actually. It makes it makes it, it makes, makes sense. It makes a little logical. It sense. makes sense. Hey, welcome everybody to the Nerd Brand Podcast, where we debate things like parkways and driveways, and why are they named that, and you don't do the action on one or the other. Anyway, <laughs> huh. check, you can rewind the cold open on that one, maybe. Uh, we'll see. Um, or not. Or not. Yeah. Anyways, today we're talking about why create a brand style guide. Uh, this is something that, as we have been going back and forth through the lands uh, I think, and doing what, <laughs> what we do as an agency. <laughs> I was just thinking Wandering like... Wandering the frozen tundra. Yeah, it feels like that we, over the last... Because um, somebody said that, I don't know, you and I, maybe we're talking to someone and it felt like it has been a century or something. And it's like, no, that was like five months ago. But then we're just sitting there going like, oh, yeah. wow, it was five months ago. That's all it was. It feels like it's three or four times that amount of time. Yeah, that's what we had yesterday yeah, with, the, with the client we were meeting. Yeah. I mean, we met them in September, or you all met them in September, and it feels like eons ago. That was, yeah. that's, that was the last time we'd actually seen one another. Right? Yeah, yeah. A lot has happened with us, and, and of course, five months ago was the um, St. Matthew's Chamber of Commerce Expo, mm-hmm. uh, which they are going to do again this year. And I'm not allowed to say what the theme is, but I know what the theme is, so we got plenty of time to prep, and it's kind of funny. So we appreciate Josh and Kristen over there and all the things that they do, and um, and Elizabeth. And it's, it's one of those events that you know if you're in the chamber you should definitely go we have gotten out of it clients friends um acquaintances and, uh, employees <laughs> yeah um, strategic partners a lot of that yeah Vendors. yeah so it's definitely worth it didn't mean to plug them as the opener here is the the ad for the chamber but there you go josh you owe me one um need to do the opening too yeah um but yes i am uh yeah i think by now everybody knows who i am <laughs> Never assume. Never. Well, sure. Never All right. Well, I'm Jason Davis. Uh, you know, and this is the Nerd Brand Podcast. This is Mitch, and that's John. Hello. Hey, Where'd hey. the finger guns go? I'm really. I know the last that's couple two of episodes. episodes. I like yeah. to mix it up. No, you. I don't. do the wave. <laughs> I do the finger guns. That's not a wave. That's like a top of the morning to you. Yeah, top of the morning to you. That's called. We should stop. With that's the, doffing. We your really hat. need to stop with the accents. I think. <laughs> it's doffing a hat, Gubna. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like we just, they just turned it off. Yeah. I just feel like everybody's just like, you know what? <laughs> Never Done. mind. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, let's break down and discuss the importance and why of these each points and parts of a brand guide. We're not, of course, not all inclusive. Like there's, there's only so much time we have to do this. So let's go through this as best we can, as brief we can from respect for our listeners. Yep. Why and you should strongly consider adding and having these things in your brand. Why? Guide. Well, and why should you have a brand guide? Period. Period. Yeah. So, I will let Mitch briefly describe and explain however you whatever you want to say. Why do we need a brand guide, Mitch? What's for? What's that about? Well, I'll say this. I'm going to say this right <laughs> off the bat. If you could be a business so small where it doesn't matter, okay? It but if you are a brand who's competing with other brands and you probably are. The way you dif- differentiate differentiate <laughs> Differentiate yourself from your competitors is vitally important. A brand guide basically is a step toward establishing 
that footprint that's unique from your competitors because it includes your logo, the colors your brand employs, the fonts and ty- the fonts or typefaces that identify who you are. Um, and to get even more deeper into it, what your brand sounds like, you know, what kind of language do you use when your brand expresses itself in, in the larger world? What, what is it that your brand promises that's different mm-hmm. than your competitors? And what are those qualities, those almost, almost human qualities, if you will, that make up the personality of who your brand is? Again, each of these things are pieces of who your brand is that separates you from your competitors. So having a brand guide that nails this down, that basically plants your flag and says, this is who we are and this is how we represent ourselves is of vital importance in making you stand alone in a marketplace that's probably fairly crowded depending on what your brand does. Yeah, because I mean, as you are operating your business or whatever part that you have in it, time passes, like we said at the beginning, and then you kind of, you know, maybe need a reference to go back to. And if it doesn't exist, then you kind of perpetually, perpetually, none of us can talk. Perpetuate. Thank you. Uh, Changes, (laughs) revisions, because everybody's got an imagination. Mm -hmm. And it's happening constantly. And then you look back and you've just got this mess, actually. And nobody really recognizes it anymore if they actually just pause for a second and look at it. So, John, you look like you were going to say something. Well, there's the differentiation, and then there's the execution of your brand strategy and your marketing strategy. If your web team doesn't have this thing, if your your social media team doesn't have this document to refer to when they're creating graphics or, or writing copy, again, it's just going to get kind of mishmashed. You're going to have different people doing different things, but they don't have this these guardrails or this North Star to kind of mm-hmm. come back to as a unit. And right. so your, your marketing, your advertising eventually... It's not immediate, but over a couple of years, if you're running different campaigns and people are in different people are in charge, you're going to get conflict. You're going to get inconsistency. And that's the bane of, you know, oh, any, yeah. any brand. Because, yeah. I mean, because people's natural inclination is to do what they think is best. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this, I think we should do it this way. Yeah. Well, Especially maybe, design and, and all that. You know, oh, yeah. you have a certain artistic uh, style everybody does mm-hmm. right I like the color green so I think I'm going to use the color green where nowhere in your brand nowhere in in how your brand has represented itself in the world has it ever been has there ever been <laughs> yeah. green I mean I just use that as an example but it, that's a very that's a very common there's a practical aspect of this it's it's not you know some kind of high lofty thing that just looks nice that you set on the shelves like I've got a brand guide mm-hmm. we're important no, it's very practical. It's all about having a singular, unified message that you broadcast to the world about who you are, what you do, and why it's good. Yeah, anybody that's managing your brand or any of the channels and marketing that it's going out on, and they're not using that as the guide to establish proper use of the logo um, and imagery, um, that's there's your that's a mistake because it's just. I don't know. I feel I feel like it's shotgunning the internet and hoping mm-hmm. something sticks. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. It's hoping for magic. Yeah. Right. And yeah. there is no, I mean, not to say luck doesn't sometimes come into play, no, but yeah. generally speaking, there's, you know, there's no magic. You, it's everything has to be intentional. I mm-hmm. find I've been using that word a lot lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything has to be intentional. Everything you create about who you are, everything that you put out there into the world that represents you needs to have an intent. What is the end goal you want to accomplish? Yeah, and ju- and you've actually just defined one of our attributes, which 
when we say strategic, like our, our attributes are strategic and creative. And somebody said, well, every agency says that. Yes, but that's, we're not using that word and then pulling the definition from a dictionary. You know, you kind of define that. I right. mean, well, you have to start with that before you get to the creative part. The strategic part is, it's so important. Oh yeah. Because in a business sense, that's where for business owners, that's where the money burns. That's where you start to just, you might as well just light hundred dollar bills on fire <laughs> if you haven't done that yet. Um, we had somebody that we met, they were very appreciative of us telling them to pump the brakes. Uh, Slow and, down. Yeah. And we didn't really want to, we hinted at budget because it is a conversation that has to happen, but you know, we don't know what we're doing yet. So let's mm-hmm. not, we don't have to put that at the top of the pile. Uh, again, John, you look like you were going to say something. <laughs> You're just kind of eyeballing. You're good. I'm oh, watching okay. I'm listening. All right. Well, anyway, and to what you were saying about color, I've had the conversations about that and understanding and explaining, you know, I, I'm going to tread carefully here, John, because you're going to know exactly who I'm talking about. I won't tell anybody. One of the colors was yellow in the brand, and it wasn't exactly a yellow, yellow, like a bright safety uh, yellow. It, it was sort of like, you know, dingy yellow. I'll just say that. A dull, a dull not it a bright a, yellow, a it, dull yellow. Yeah, thank you. We'll go with that. Yeah, it looked like they had jaundice maybe. But anyway... <laughs> Um, the point is that when they ordered coffee cups, that's when, it, yeah, that's when it looked like safety yellow with the coffee, coffee cups came in with the brand color on there. It was just like, you know, type yellow. So you kind of get into your materials that you want to produce. And then imagine going to a trade show and you got your pop-ups and you got all these different colors. I mean, you know, especially hopefully you're not using a blinding color like that, but imagine how that looks when you say we're a creative agency or we do any form of design. And it's like, what's the, what color should I look at? What, what do you yeah. you want me to look at? Because the message, mm-hmm. the words that may be on that item, well, they are lost. I mean, right. it, you know, talking about the practical side of this. I mean, I was thinking about this when we were, I was looking over the show, show notes last night and this morning. And it's like, you know, there are logos in the branding universe, probably more than not, that aren't what you would actually call attractive. Mm-hmm. Or they're old or they're dated but, and I'm going to throw a wrench in the works a little bit. It matters more for some brands than others. Mm-hmm. Because there are issues that come into play. Things like what we call, we talk about brand equity. Mm-hmm. If people are just accustomed to seeing you in a certain light, in a certain fashion, and they're comfortable with it, you have to tread very carefully about, okay, well, let's change it. Mm-hmm. Or let's do anything that, that deviates from what people are they have a comfort level with our brand. There's things they come to expect. And that's your logo. Rep- that's part of what your logo represents. Now, I'll be the first one to tell people that a lot of times there's a lot of overemphasis in the importance of the logo itself. Because the logo has one purpose. It's your thumbprint. And it's unique. And it stands out from the crowd. If you've done that, you've done 80% of the work it's supposed to do. Right. Okay. Right. And for some reason, clients get very, very, very hung up on changing a logo or the aesthetic aspects of a logo. I mean, it's like sometimes we've been in situations where we've met with a new client who has an established brand and we look at their stuff and within the scheme of what they want to be and where they want to go, that logo just doesn't work. And it's like telling somebody, I'm sorry, your baby is ugly. Yeah. (laughs) And it, it, I hate having to have that conversation because people, for some reason, personalize it so much. Oh, you, my, 
you're going to change my logo. You might as well be turning my hair green. I, mean, I think a big, a big reason that happens is they're not really aware. Cause if they're not a, in branding marketing, if they've not been in those fields, they don't know the rest of the stuff <laughs> yeah. that there's other stuff to be focused on. And there's other stuff to think about and yeah. define. Yeah. Everybody's familiar with logos. Yeah. They don't really think about how a logo comes to be. They don't think about the, the seven, eight, nine, ten 10 other, uh, core things that make up a brand architecture right. and experience. There's an overemphasis for some reason. And I guess this go back, goes back ages there's an overemphasis on what you expect that logo to do for you. There's mm-hmm. this, there's this image in people's head. Well, you know, that's what it, it, I think people actually believe. And maybe for some brands, it does to a certain degree, but I think there's a belief that it is actually set that logo is selling product. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can sit here after 20 plus years in the business and I can't, they think I can't think of an instance where I think that's actually been the case. If somebody out there listening or watching is, has, can, can tell me, oh, wait, I've got an instance where in, you know, 1998 XYZ, <laughs> put it in the comments. I want to see it. But yeah. as long, bottom line, as long as that logo is a strong visual indication of who you are that identifies you in a unique fashion so it doesn't look like just like your competitors, mm-hmm. it makes you stand out from your competitors and it's easy to recognize. And the just, name is, is legible. The name is clear. Exactly. Yeah, that's number that's, one. It's important. The name is clear. Everything else is secondary. The colors, to some degree. The font used, to some degree. Number one is the name clear. Then you start building the colors, and this is where it gets into the other aspects of what goes in the brand guide. Yeah, there's a reason the logo's at the top. <laughs> right. <laughs> but all of those, but see, the funny thing is a lot of those things go into why the logo looks the way it does. Right. And I come from, I come from a school of thought where a lot of times more often than not, the simpler the logo, the better mm-hmm. because people recognize it more quickly if it's mm-hmm. uncomplicated. Well, I, even, I can give you, I can give you a great example about utility of the logo. You know, you have to have different ways cause you're going to use it in different mediums. Um, you know, I, I know somebody that's in the signage business and it's like they, you may want to do a vinyl sign on glass. Well, you know, if the font typeface of the logo is thin Yep. The installer is going to go and install it, but when they peel off that backing, yeah. this, it comes right off with it. And sure. now it's ruined, and they got to go back to the shop, reprint it, and try to figure out how to apply it. So your brand standards can say, okay, well, here's the logo, because we you, you basically will do a color version, right. and then you do a white, and then you do just an all-blacked-out version. Maybe. You know, yeah. Usually, if, yeah. At, least, at least one that works in grayscale. Yeah, if it's, if it's, yeah, exactly. And then you have, well... And I told you before, sometimes it's just easier to say what not to do with the logo <laughs> than what to do because the brand guide is a living, breathing document. Maybe you're like, well, I don't really have the money for signage right now. Well, then it doesn't need to go into the brand guide. We don't need to waste the, waste the time on it. But if you have the plans to in the future, then you're going to update that document. Yeah, your, your brand guide, depending on the size and business, I mean, if you're just starting out and you only need your branding applied in a limited number of areas, then your brand guide isn't a voluminous thing, Okay. Basically, what you're doing, first of all, is establishing rules internally, but also externally, like what you're talking about, for how you apply it so that everybody's singing the same song. Mm-hmm. It's, like a, you know, it's like a chorus. Everybody's on key, mm-hmm. and everything harmonizes, and everything's working. Um, and to your point, there's very practical applications to this, why you both 
I mean, uh, if, if a font, if a logo has fonts in it or, or elements that are too thin so that it, when it gets to a certain size, they disappear. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You haven't done anybody any favors if you've designed a logo that way. I mean, <laughs> you design, and a lot of kids coming up, just coming out of school, I say kids, come up out of school and they start designing, they'll design cool things that look good this big. Yeah. Because everybody focuses on a website. And you make it that mm-hmm. big. Social media. You make it that big. You know, right. Like if it's going to go on a, on a cup or if it's going to go on material where other brands may appear, it's got to work that way too. Yeah. That gets into when you think about a logo, it, for those listening, you have to think about the adaptability of that logo. And a while back, I posted something about Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola's full logo will not fit on the top of a bottle cap. <laughs> so they have a different way or standard for that logo to be used for that particular medium. Right. So there are different ways as you as your business progresses and grows. You know, I think most brand guides we do probably five, six pages. Mm-hmm. Mostly, uh, it can, it can be think. it can be five pages. Yeah, it I mean, because be... most of, most of them we deal with are starting out and they're very new to this, and they're like, okay, for years we've had all this <laughs> with marketing, and then right. they they arrive yeah. at our doorstep and they're like, oh, <gasps> oh, you guys come first. Oh, that's why. And it's just like light bulbs keep going off, and so, but we've dealt with brand guides and we have received brand guides. John, you've received brand guides from other places for brands that we manage. It's forty something pages. Oh lord. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, they exist. I got a hold of one of a water district out west that was like 88, 89 pages. And the project was up for RFP to revise. Yeah. Now, that's a whole year project. And it could be expanding to 120 pages. Because, and the reason I believe this is, and Mitch, you'll probably agree with this, is that the size of the organization from a revenue and employee standpoint has grown. And there's more activity and things happening exactly. that require mm-hmm. yeah. the definitions of, okay, well, here's what it looks like on a cup. And you're like, why are we doing that? Because tomorrow we're going to put it on a billboard and you well, can't put the cup stuff on the billboard well, stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I mean, it, yeah, it's, I mean, you're right. I mean, you've, you've kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, the size of your brand guide is in direct proportion to how large your brand is and in how many different universes it exists. If you're a brand that's doing a lot of sponsorships, if you do a lot of premium materials and items, um, if other people are going to need access to your branding to help to cross promote or something of that nature, then the more involved your brand guide is going to need to be. If you're doing a lot of television or broadcast media, your, your brand guide is going to contain a lot more information because not only are you outlining practical things like fonts, colors, and you need to tell people, this is what uh, you need to tell people in detail. This is the language you use. Mm-hmm. These are the words you use for our brand. And you give, ex- you'll, and you include an example of all these things. So yeah, to your point, I mean, I've, I, for a long time, I did work for a, for a healthcare, one of the largest healthcare companies in the world as a client. And yeah, their, their brand guide was hundreds of pages, mm-hmm. but that's because there's lots of different ways that their brand gets expressed in a lot of different mediums. Plus the highly regulatory, places. like there's regulations well, to yeah. adhere to. Well, well yeah, right. th- that's, so. th- that's the whole other side mm-hmm. to well, it. You've got different service lines and product lines that, that require a different look and feel. They're for a different audience. So you right. have to have different standards for that. If you're, you know, like you were saying, it's not just creative stuff. It's not just creative standards. It's, right. If you're writing a radio script, do we have an excited person reading the script? Do we have a... Uh, 
a formal tone? Do we have a fun tone? Or are we just silly? Stupid? Yeah, I mean, I mean that that mm-hmm. is defined in the brand guide, right? Mm-hmm. You were talking about how in the brand guide we often show people, give people examples of what not to do with a logo, simply because those are the most common ways that people screw it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not intentional. I think the, the important thing is, as your business grows, you're going to have to rely on outside partners. You right. can't do everything in-house. So you, you're going to have to rely on outside printers. You're going to have to rely on outside media vendors, all of that stuff. If you don't have this thing to hand them, and if they're not respectful of it, that's the other piece is to pick your vendors well mm-hmm. so that they know... If, even if you forget to send it, they might ask you, do you have a brand guide? Hopefully they do. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. We've it, been all over this, uh, this list as far as that, um, you know, brand logo, colors, topography, imaging, tone, promise, and attributes. Um, when you're talking about that, the vendors, I mean, the imaging that's used, the pictures mm-hmm. that are used often aren't thought of to be appropriate for that channel. Um, a picture you would use on your website is probably not the best to use on social media, on LinkedIn, like Facebook mm-hmm. or, or that. Like you have to think about the intentionalness of, of that. Like the for, channel. Yeah. yeah. And web, web is in layers. So we're going to put words on top of stuff and that's clickable. You can do stuff with it. The image in the background is not necessarily as important as what's mm-hmm. in the layer at the very top. Right. Because that's the call to action. That's what makes the monies. But the image needs to still be taken and thought of in a way that if I look on this on any device or whatever, that somebody's face isn't squished when oh, they yeah. get to mobile or it isn't like obstructed. Like if you you could just look at a professional print ad in a magazine and how many of those images of the models or the product, how many of those have copy that is running over the top of it or too like, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't see that because they paid a lot of money for that model to be in that shot. That's why. I mean, every, every brand has its own way of doing these things. I mean, some are more avant-garde than others, but that's, that's a lot of, I mean, sometimes you'll hear a brand guide referred to as a brand and style guide, Mm -hmm. an identity guide. I mean, it's just basically, you don't want to leave anything into question and how you communicate your brand in any visual or broadcast fashion. Mm-hmm. The tone of your copy is this, and you have an example. There's certain word. You're talking about highly regulated businesses, and I've we've worked with those before too. Sometimes you you can't use these type of. You tell them you don't use these type of words. You don't use these type of languages. You never do this. You never do that. In heavily regulated businesses, that's vitally important. And here's what you must include. Like right, working with bourbon, you know, there's. There's responsibility statements that have to be on the website. They have to be on all the print materials. It has to be, you know, legible. It has to be a certain size. Uh, all that, all that kind of stuff. The required language when you get into those those fields is yep. is in the brand guide as well. All that's yeah. included. Yeah. I mean, fast food. If you you get you know when you when you go out to the mailbox, you get a big sheet of coupons from from a fast food restaurant. You turn it over on, you've got the offer, you turn it on the back, there's all this teeny tiny six point, five point type, right. legal, what we call legalese. Yeah. That's got to be there. That is outlined in your brand guide. There will be a page in Arby's or somebody's brand guide, I'm sure, that talks about how you treat couponing. And it will break down mm-hmm. every element on that coupon and how you treat it. Because it's, it's a legal factor. Mm-hmm. So there's more to having a brand guide. For some businesses, this isn't important for others, but for a lot of businesses... It's just as important to have those kind of things in your brand guide as it is to tell people exactly what your colors are for print, digital, whether it's well, four it color process, spot color process. All of those things are outlined because you pretend you're giving, 
you always want to assume that you're giving this instruction to somebody who has no idea how, how it all works. Mm-hmm. You want to assume they don't know anything. So tell them exactly what they're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've received some imagery from, you know, you all, and I've been like sitting on a button going like, when can I share this stuff? <laughs> and you guys were going back and forth with Coral even. And I was like, I'll wait, I'll wait, because the three of you were doing your thing. And I'm like, I want to share, I want to share the pretty photo. And, you know, uh, you know, that's a great way to approach it. But at the end of the day, y'all are like, well, hold on. And now John then sent me a message like, okay, go. <laughs> and, you know, if you look at like Mitch's photo. Go forth and yeah. yeah. So we've done some imaging work, uh, thanks to Coral. And it's it's starting to roll out. John, you've noticed some actual numbers and data mm-hmm. on our Google business page and how the photo, you can actually see the team there um, and see those photos. And it's like, uh, Hey, look at the numbers on this. And it was like, we were all joking. Like, you yeah, know, it's kind of like Coral knows what she's doing or something. Well, uh, I mean, well, <laughs> establishing these, establishing a standard for what your photography looks like, mm-hmm. the typography, establishing all these concrete standards all lend to one central mission, credibility. It makes you look real and like you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the main factors that peop- that determines whether or not people do business with you or not. That kind of gets into Comfort. like looking yep. into your um, brand promise. Uh, it's not a prop value. It's not That doesn't mean that. It's not a fancy way to talk about proposition value. It's not a mission uh, statement. It's not a mission statement. Thank you for bringing that up. It is not a mission statement. Um, and then also your attributes. Uh, you mentioned earlier like about that. You didn't say the word attribute, but attributes are... Like you think of a person or individual, that's the word that you would probably, that's the most dumbed down definition. Qualities. Yeah. It was the qualities of that. You know, John's very uh, tactical. John is very, um, he thinks, he makes lists. There's all these words that I could bring up that are associated that you would put and list out. And I'm like, well, that's Jonathan Payne. Right. You a know? brand has a personality just like a person does. And that's yeah. that's one way, that's a great way to look at your brand. Give me a personality profile of my brand. What what are its emotion? What kind of emotions are associated with my brand? What what kind of personality traits are associated mm-hmm. with my brand? I mean, you want to person you want to personify your brand, and that's part of what a brand guide does as well. Yeah. So we're gonna go ahead and leave with that, and then the challenge is after this is, if you're listening, and you want to leave a comment in the comment section on YouTube, just go search for Nerd Brand on YouTube, like, subscribe, do all those fun things. But in the comments for this episode. Tell us if your brand was a superhero, which one would it be? There you go. And uh, we'd, we'd be very interested because there's some cool movies coming out. You know, we won't get into it because then we'll just run around for hours just talking about those. <laughs> but think about that. What superhero would your brand be if you had to pick one out of the either Marvel, DC, doesn't matter. Uh, just, just please don't submit Wonder Twins because that's weird. Um, <laughs> there's but, a Wonder Twins movie coming out. I know there's a Wonder Twins movie coming out. You can find out that later. Yeah, yeah, Robert, I know. He's got a look on his face like, what? That's the same thing. <laughs> you, know, you know, something else, you know, something else, if, you, if you've listened to this podcast and you're starting a business or you have an established business and you've never done a brand guide, you didn't, you, what brand guide, what's that? And or this, it's been 10 years. Right. Yeah. You, know, you need an update uh, or you just have questions. What can I do better to establish my brand, to, 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 to give my brand a personality, to more better flesh out who my brand is and why it should be important to people. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a mountainous, expensive item. There is a cost. I won't lie about that. But it is something that is so important because you, you'll, 
it's a lot of fun actually to kind of sit with business owners and go watch the light bulbs just light up. Mm-hmm. Like I said, because then they're like, huh. Yeah. But if uh, you're if you're a brand that's had T-shirts made, then turn around and had notepads done, and then had coffee mugs, but then you sit those elements up and you look at them and there's something doesn't look scrap. quite right. Mm-hmm. If some if if your logo doesn't look the same on all those elements and it's bugged you, we should talk. Yeah, that's a good. That's good. Yeah. So anyways, you can check out this podcast on nerdbrandagency.com slash podcast. Um, there is a singular URL for it now, nerdbrandpodcast.com. Um, but check, I guess, like, subscribe, please. Uh, and then Leave you, comments. We want to know what you think. And then you can find us on, everywhere on social media at nerdbrandagency. And we appreciate everybody that's listened. Uh, we are approaching our 100th episode. Yep. Um, they're doing something. I don't know. There's something coming special, so watch out for that. Guess we better get busy. Yeah. Yeah. Guess, better. Yeah, guess, I, guess I better think of something. Yeah, this is like 98. Got two weeks. <laughs> you got two weeks. All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, everybody, keep your nerd brain strong.